Hello everyone and welcome. You're listening to DTSE Talks, the place to be to learn more and explore the life in Magenta. I'm your host, Umeima Buswab, and today we talk about inclusion and belonging in the corporate world. Therefore, I invited Zandra Wingetter from Deutsche Telekom to shed a light on the topic. So stick around. What does it mean to belong? After embracing diversity in our differences as human beings, we now have to concretely reflect this new mindset on our daily tasks. So what makes an inclusive culture? What is required to create the right environment and sustain it for employees to feel like they belong? We tackle these questions and much more on today's episode. So without further ado, let's get started. Our guest today is Sandra Wingetter. With a low background, she started working with Deutsche Telekom in 2006 and has since then occupied different roles from project management to HR business partner. She is now the vice president of Sovereign Civil Servant Service with a passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion. She is going to share with us her insights about inclusion and belonging. So hi, Sandra. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, May, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you here today. And I would like to start off with the very basics. So first of all, mm -hmm. what does it mean to belong? What does it mean to belong at work more specifically? Thank you for this very good starting question. What is important to me is really that I think we come to work um, as a whole human being. There is no work without life. So the work or the term Work-life balance is really um, not making sense to me uh, very much. So mm -hmm. if we are at work as a whole human being, then what does belonging to you know, a group mean at work? It means that I belong to um, the group as a whole human being, not as someone who's just performing. Maybe I can put it this way. All right. It's interesting that you mentioned for you, there is no work-life balance because lately <laughs> all we hear about, especially with the pandemic everywhere, we're talking about work-life balance. And it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, that's a fact that it's a whole being uh, situation and not divided being situation. Yeah, yeah true. Um, and uh, as you say that in the pandemic, I, I think it became more apparent than ever because it was the first time that you were not in the office and seeing only this person, you had an insight on the whole person's environment. There were cats on the table, on the, yeah. on the lab. <laughs> There were children running around. There was the mailman ringing and people had to answer the door. There were all these things and you could, could see all of a sudden and be aware, oh, this is a whole person. The person has a life. The person lives somewhere that gets mail, has a cat, has a dog. The dog is barking. Um, even our CEO had uh, this, we could say, problem that his dogs were barking while he was giving a speech. But I don't think it's a problem. It makes us, it shows, not, it doesn't make us human. It shows that we are human. And that's I like also, I think, yeah. the, the beautiful point. Uh, and that's also what the pandemic brought us, I think. That's a very unique point of view and unique way of, say, of seeing the, the situation because most <laughs> people would say the pandemic was just too much and then it kind of feel less together than we were before. Also with all of these messages you read separated or together we're a team, all of these slo slogans and mottos, 
that make you feel like, why are you talking about this now? <laughs> why does it matter now? Why are we talking about belonging uh, right now? Of course, physically, we feel separated. Everyone is, you know, in their living room, in their office at home. But yeah. I think it, it brings, we, and we are so happy once we get to the office and see people. Sometimes I even hug people and I yeah. later on think, <laughs> oh my God, I've never hugged this person. But now I was so happy to see them. And um, it's, it's really showing us that what being together means to us. And uh, actually this Corona, the pandemic was really, was a strain on us, especially on families, especially those who had children at home, had to do homeschooling. But it really showed us that many had the same problems. All of a sudden, we couldn't divide the workforce into those who perform and those who are there and those who are very engaged and those who have maybe problems, have issues, uh, mm -hmm. cannot perform fully. But now we were all in the same boat. Everyone had problems. And that really gives, gives us the chance to, to reach out and then maintain this momentum to to bring it into our everyday work life to see um, and, to, and to remember, yes, actually, we're all the same. So, yeah, we should keep, the, you should, we should keep that. That's interesting. And we also, we didn't hear only about belonging, but the term inclusion is also on everyone's lips right now. And this is also the case in our company, of course. <laughs> but what does it actually mean for us? What does inclusion mean for telecom? Well. Inclusion, well, first of all, um, I think there's always been and there is always and there will always be a need to speak about inclusion because we always, the, we as, as human beings need a group we belong to and mm -hmm. being outside used to be um, a death sentence, basically. When you were left out of the group, you couldn't survive. So this is yeah. why there's a lot of fear connected to um, not being included. Being included describes, or inclusion describes a way um, which we really consciously involve different people. And um, I take time to really think about why we behave in a certain way. And I sometimes, you know, picture ourselves in, in a, a desert and um, we being as a group. And if someone's different, um, that was just a, um, a, a pattern we just as humans Uh, adopted to and it proved necessary to survive but nowadays today um it's not it's the opposite it's not mm -hmm. healthy to um to separate from individuals who are different it's really absolutely necessary for survival and also for economic survival as a business as a company it's essential for us to um include as many views as many opinions as many ideas as possible in order to survive in order to survive as a company and the second aspect is um we have a social responsibility as um Deutsche Telekom we are very connected to society we have very um yeah deep connections we have very widespread connections everyone Uh, used to have a phone line via the Deutsche Telekom, so so everyone has somehow related to us, and we we take our position as a role a model um, seriously. So it's very important to us. Um, you, you mentioned also this, um, yeah, social uh, responsibility, and uh, we're talking now about inclusion and all of these uh, topics. 
Is it because of the pressure of giving back to society or are we doing it because we want to? Are we included uh, in these topics because we want to? <laughs> Um, well, of course, there at the moment it's just a public discussion, and uh, it, it's it's really hard to avoid it. But on the um, this is not the reason why we are doing it. It's um, well, we are all very different, and as a company, um, our market is so widespread, and our customers are all very different. So, as a business decision, it is very smart. Um, to include all these views and ideas mm -hmm. and opinions, to um, also be a very good service provider, to have good products, because our customers are so diverse. So um, this is this is also a very um, smart decision. On the other hand, it's just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm glad we're smart in this <laughs> in this regards. <laughs> And that we are also really uh, involved in these topics, regardless of, of what is going on in the outside world for, for telecom. Um, you also mentioned that we as humans might have some kind of uh, judgment or our brain is set up in a way that we have a belief system embedded uh, in our um, yeah, brain and we have some already set up uh, metrics that help us communicate with people, would you say that also this is something we should work on to, uh, to have more inclusive culture? Oh, I think we need to. And um, I don't, I wouldn't phrase, or I wouldn't say uh, it's embedded in the brain because then it sounds so unchangeable. Mm -hmm. I think it's something we learned. I think it's something we also learned over uh, generations and generations. So it's very hard to, to um, change these these uh, family learned and, and culture and society learned patterns but um, I think we uh, need we, we really um, have to tackle this uh, this issue and it can only be done by you know doing it every day and doing it every day for example our society has been and still is very performance orientated companies used to and still do measures the worth of their employees only by their ability how is he or she a performing is he or she a low performer high performer this will not hold in the future um, it's the key to as i said long-term business success as well um, um, as our corporate so social responsibility to to change this because um, every one of us for example you know there are people with disabilities who could you know First of all, there are barriers, so they could perform better if we remove the barriers. That's that's one point. Then, of course, it's sometimes hard to you know perform the way you want to uh, with a disability. Then other people don't have a disability, but um, have um, straining family issues. They have mm -hmm. sick children. They have children who do not sleep at night, and it's very hard on them. Um, so on those days where they come to work at morn in the morning. And they are very tired, or someone else is, um, you know, getting a divorce, and he's very sad. All these people have in common; they have have different issues, they have different problems, but they or they have they have the situation that they cannot perform the way they they want to, or they could um, on this specific day. And if we measure the worth of a human being of an employee 
just by what this person can or is performing at the moment, then um, we are making a huge mistake. And um, uh, the disabled community is talking about this um, uh, uh, using the term ableism. So mm -hmm. if we're only measuring people, what they can contribute, like that is measurable, then we're making a mistake. We need to see beyond the measurement of an everyday performance. We need to ask ourselves what a person can contribute, what unique view this person can bring to our products and services. And it's more than you know, doing so and so many calls a day or emails or um, cable in the, in the ground, uh, whatever you can measure, but actually having an impact on our teams, on our team culture, on how we you know, view things. And then when we are able to, to overcome this ableism and, and only uh, measure people by performance, but by the uniqueness and the impact they bring, then we can um, we will have long-term success with our company, I believe. Yeah, that's a vitally important uh, point, actually. And that was my next uh, question was uh, to <laughs> ask about um, what are the groups who feel like outsider? Because, uh, it, you know, as Maslow's pyramid shows, the belonging is just above safety and security. So it's true that all of us feel like outsiders from time to time, but there are other groups who feel like outsiders all the time. And you, you just gave some uh, examples that I wanted to ask, what are these groups and do we have these groups in telecom? I only mentioned a very few there. Um, many, many other, um, um, well, dimensions of diversity. It's age, it's um, political opinion, it's health status, it's sexual identity, it's social status. I think social status is one of the un most underrated um, discrimination uh, areas. For example, when you take uh, DT's new guideline um, on diversity, equi equity and inclusion, um, in the English version, there is a text version and uh, a version for blind people, which I think is great. Yeah. Uh, in the German version, there is a text version, a version for blind people and a version in easy language. So now what you could ask yourself, why is it in what? German and in, in exactly <laughs> easy language? What does it mean? Easy language. And in German, and I feel maybe it's just us Germans, but I, maybe there are also other cultures who do this. We tend to use language to differentiate us, ourselves from other people. Oh. To show we are more eloquent, we are more uh, sophisticated, we have a higher. Yeah, Hochdeutsch is not dial, it's the opposite of dialect, but yeah. it's, you use a language where you show using a certain grammar, using a certain um, type of words, using certain expressions to show that you have a higher education. And by that, of course, you draw the line in a social way. So people who have working class parents don't know how to express themselves like that. And they are neglected in, when it comes to career paths, etc. So it's very, very diverse. Does it mean we have to, um, you know, I just talked to a colleague and he was very upset. He said, oh, this, you know, gender stuff, you know, you're either a woman or a man. And, you know, if you decide to be a woman and you were a man, then fine. But then afterwards, you're a woman. So anyway, he was just, you know, overwhelmed by all these different dimensions of diversity. And I, I understand. But I think we need to take the time now 
to have a close look and examine ourselves, examine what we are doing as a company, how our leadership quality gates are structured, for example. What are we, are we discriminating anyone unconsciously? Because of course, we're not consciously discriminating anyone, but unconsciously yeah. it just can happen. So we need to take the time to analyze, to see, to check and to check again, but it doesn't, um, you know, reflect on, you know, every day life. And I think we're um, sometime, you know, going to be a bit more relaxed about it. At the moment, I feel the discussion is very tense, very mm -hmm. stiff. And, and there's a lot of anger in it. Um, I'm looking forward to when we can see it a bit more relaxed. But I think this time of um, analysis is just very important. And if we can express ourselves a little bit simpler, then it would help already people whose uh, native language is not German or English. We help people who have trouble understanding. We have people who have trouble with hearing. We have people. Um, and, and we include all those if we just, you know, phrase our, our, um, our, yeah, our, our writings, our guidelines a bit simpler. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's good that One you example. mentioned, yeah, it's good that you mentioned this unconscious bias, which reminds me and echoes what we just talked about, that we have some beliefs uh, in, not embedded, mm -hmm. <laughs> but we have some beliefs in our, uh, in our mind in, uh, because of the culture or, or the society. So it's uh, good to always remember that you might have an unconscious bias, but it's okay. Just be conscious about it and try to change it, right? Yeah, um, it's, I think it's very difficult for, you know, as me being a white female um, to really grasp what it is to like to be Uh, to have a disability, to be in a wheelchair, or to to be black, or to be, um, I don't know, bisexual or whatever. So it it's a matter of what you're used to. And um, and when my daughter was, she was not even one, and I went with her in our bookstore in our village, and there was a black man sitting there in a chair. And he, his skin was quite dark. And my daughter started crying immediately. <laughs> she saw mm -hmm. him and she started crying. And I felt so bad for this man. And I tried to apologize. I'm sorry, she's never seen a black person. <laughs> But what could I do? <laughs> um, it's, yeah. you know, so. It puts you in a situation where you kind of finally understand yeah. that, okay, It's, it's, it can be, it can be this unconscious bias because sometimes you just are in an environment that shelters you from yeah. everything else around the world that when you grow up as an adult, you're, yeah, naturally, even as a kid or an adult, you're naturally, um, thinking, okay, this is not what I'm used to and your brain is on flea mode. Exactly. When we were still in the savannah, you know, 10,000 years ago, something, uh, someone who was different could kill you. It's, it was just like that. And uh, those who said, oh, maybe he's a friend. Yeah, maybe they just, they, they, they are not in the gene pool anymore. You know, they, they died. So, yeah, that's a good point. But it's, it's very, I think it's so important to, to, to listen to one another and realize, of course, I, as a white person, I can't be, you know, racism because ne people never expect of me the lowest especially for women, um, we didn't, didn't speak about multiple uh, discrimination. 
for example, as a like Muslim woman, so your 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 experience triple discrimination. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, it's it's quite easy for me to be normal, and I say this in 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 parentheses. So it's, um, you know, what n nothing is normal in that sense. But what is important is that you listen to others, that you're willing to to hear what they are saying. And um, I just read a, a, a book uh, in German by um, a colored woman, uh, and she, uh, the title is "What White People Don't Want to Hear, But They Need to Hear It." Uh, and there were many things that I wasn't aware of, that I was totally not aware. And I'm sure that this is valid not only for race issues, but also for gender identity, for all the other things um, that I mentioned. So I, it, we need to learn. We need to be open to learn. And um, just actually, for a long time, DT has already have um, the guideline, act with respect and integrity. Yes. That's been a, a long time guideline at DT. And actually, that's the essence of it. It's if you do that, if you act with respect and you are open to learn, then you're accidentally already inclusive. That's great. It's, um, yeah, <laughs> said like that, it sounds really easy, but maybe it is just that simple and it comes down to our personal effort. So speaking about efforts that uh, will help us have uh, more uh, inclusive culture, most of the companies to, yeah, to help in this regards, they just would increase the shares of underrepresented communities in uh, leadership or employees' status. Is this enough? Is this increasing of the, the communities enough to cultivate a culture of belonging? Um, it's a start. Okay. And um, what I also realized is that representation matters. It's, it doesn't only matter. It's not only mattering. It's very, very important. Um, for example, you know, my kids are 10 and 12 now. And um Of course, they knew uh, before that there is a male term for Bundeskanzlerin in German, <laughs> for chancellor. Um, but uh, because the, growing up, they had only seen Ang Angela Merkel as um, chancellor. So um, people were also joking, you know, is, can a man be a, a chancellor? <laughs> so it's really important to see yourself, to be, to have role models, to have someone where you see Oh, I can be this. Representation is important and it matters in films. And Disney is picking up um, a lot and having characters who are Chinese and who are yeah. um, mixed race or um, colored. And I think it's it's so very, uh, very important. So um, what have we done? What has um, DT begun to do? We have a share, of course, mainly for um, uh, female leaders, but we do also have networks in Deutsche Telekom for, um, for a very long time and they have been supported for, we have a um, LGBTQ community, we have a network for fathers, we have a network for Christians uh, at DT. So we have all kinds of networks to celebrate uh, the uniqueness and to, uh, to unite and to also um, have a culture of belonging. So. Uh, by this, by having these networks, by supporting, they have a um, on our um, internet. They have um, site where you can, um, you know, get information and you can you can gather 
having these representation also shows, yes, you are wanted in DT. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not only, you know, you don't have to hide or anything. Yes, we do have queer people at DT and we're happy to have them. And we have the, the uh, rainbow colored uh, tea at the entrance hall. So these are only signs. It doesn't help if we don't live it. It's uh, representation. You can see it. And if we keep at it, uh, we will get better. Yeah. So as you said, these are only signs. It's not, it's not everything, right? So could you unpack that a little bit? What are some very specific examples in our everyday work lives here, for example, in Deutsche Telekom uh, of belonging and inclusion? Oh, that's um, <laughs> a very specific question. So first of all, of course, we abide by the law. So that's that's first, you know, that's the, the baseline um, that, of course, and, and well, it's still not common in, in or not, not, you know, everyone does it in Germany. In Germany, you have to uh, employ a minimum of 5%, for example, of disabled people. Um, and if you don't, then you have to uh, pay um, a fee. So oh, some okay. companies prefer to pay the fee, which we don't. We fulfill the legal legal quota and we fulfill it by more than 40%. So more than 7% of DT's employees have a disability. We are really open to that. We, our employee, our workforce, they are uh, a representation of the German people and we welcome this. So. Um, of course, we want to make these people feel belonging to our company. And I can say that we have a high standard in reducing barriers in our workplace. Um, also, of course, I have to admit that it's quite um, sometimes also difficult to remove the barriers, but we're doing our best. And of course, sometimes um, we fight over this um, to get the best solution. But um, I think we are already doing a quite quite a good job. Also, we offer a wide range of flexible tools to create the work environment you need. We have modern working conditions. We have flexible working time models, um, employment contracts. Um, but of course, we can do more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you said we can do more. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is still needed today to be done so that we can call it that we can say that we have an inclusive culture? Mm, I think we need to increase awareness. Um, as I said from the talk with my colleague uh, just today, we, we really have to see that we don't overdo it because, you know, very often I read or I hear from, from people that they don't, um, yeah, don't understand the discussion. And we have to explain, we have to explain um, why we're doing this. Uh, some people are very annoyed by, you know, gender. Um, and Well, English language is quite inclusive already, but in German, you usually have a female and a uh, male term for every profession. So we try to um, find a way to express uh, or to use an inclusive language, but uh, it's, it's uh, distressing many people. Mm-hmm. So we have to do both. We have to increase awareness. We have to speak about hurtful language. Uh, we have to speak about uninclusive language. On the same time, um, I would like to really give a hand to those people who, who don't understand why we are doing this. 
and it's not only old white men uh, to to use the term but um it's it's many people who who don't yet understand the pain of those of you know different groups who do not feel as belonging as they should feel you said one term which is overdue it and uh i think this is kind of a general feeling nowadays um and this is why i asked in the beginning are we doing it because we want to do it or is it because it is just a trend and uh, you see a lot of corporate uh starts with the following and hopping off the trends that you feel like everyone is overdoing it and maybe that sometimes some people get a bit uh, resistant just because they feel like these corporates are not sincere in their program and they're not sincere in this um initiatives do you feel it's kind of mm. similar in telecom or do you have any experience with other corporates and how they moved past this kind of um, judgment or prejudice i don't think it's just a matter of um uh, deutsche telekom and i i assume that the discussions are similar in other companies as well um i follow discussions um on social media and also i um read a couple of books about it and the arguments are very often the same um and the argument is basically the world is was running before so why should we change mm -hmm. it and of course this is mainly said by people who are already participating who are already belonging and we need to understand that our people there are people who do not feel belonging they don't feel part of our of the game let's let's put it as uh, as simple and they want to join the game and it's not just a matter of you know we have to but you know when you look 30 years ahead you can you can realize that those people who belong to the game uh today they won't belong to the game in 30 years so the world is changing the world is becoming more diverse the world is becoming well more complex and in order to tackle these the complexness of the world it's important to have more views more experiences within your company and then it's a very very super super simple thing if i if you know if i want to have a workforce for tomorrow what if i did not hire people with a turkish last name which probably was the case years ago and which probably still carries a lot of prejudice and obstacles for people with turkish last and first names yeah for example if in germany apply for a job their for example in germany their applications are i don't know the percentage but their chances to get hired are lower than those of the people with their name Müller or Schmidt or something so it's as a company we would be it would be very unwise to do that because then in 30 years we won't have the skilled people because you know 30 years ago people had mainly um and with a higher education they only had you know the german names it was a prejudice and there were very few people with a migration background so if you want to be smart and want to get the best people then you just you will lose if you only take white male applicants with a last name that sounds very german 
then you're just going to lose. And of course, if I only take this business approach with this very narrow business approach, already then diversity and inclusion just makes sense. Yeah. Apart from it's just the right thing to do. Yeah, aside of, of or actually the, the human, uh, yeah, the human aspect of this whole situation that it's just the right thing to do. Exactly. To put yourself in other people's shoes and think, hey, do they even get to feel like me? The thing is, we should ask ourselves with which actions or words do we not include them? When, you know, what actions or words cause mm -hmm. exclusion? And um, of course, we can ask. It's important to listen, but we also need to be prepared that they don't want to explain again, because that's something I really feel that many people say, oh, I've said it so many times, I'm tired of telling them, you know, and so, so we have to, you know, we have to also be patient with one another. Yeah. I understand. For example, um, yeah. me as, as a Muslim, um, in the beginning, when I started here in Czech Republic, yeah. it was really annoying for me in the beginning that they asked me so many questions and I was thinking, why can't you just look it up? Or oh, I answered it yesterday. <laughs> I already told you. And then after a while, I just thought, you know, why don't you just put yourself in their shoes? They have uh, their own As we said, the culture, all of this upbringing is playing a role and it's not that person. It's just maybe the whole, um, yeah, the whole package uh, the person grew up with. And I just think to myself, okay, I'll just explain again in a nice way. <laughs> um, and after a that, while, that's people very just nice. understood. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was already getting a bad conscience now because I... I once, and you know, that's, that's why representation matters. If you are the only Muslim, then you have to explain. If there are more of you, and I kind also of, had yeah. one colleague who was <laughs> Muslim, and of course I asked him the same questions and discussed with him, and he had to, you know, be there, and uh, now I feel bad. I have to call him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, this is a, actually a good point that... We get frustrated, you know, both sides get frustrated so on one hand. I think we just really get lost in our own world. And this brings me to my next question. So you said what we can do as a company to have an inclusive culture, but what can we do um, as a person? What can each of us do to become disconnected as one and, and practice inclusion? Mm, I would say be open-minded, be ready to learn. And ask yourself if you are making life harder or easier for your fellow workers. For example, what kind of headphones are you using? Does it ensure good sound quality for hard of hearing to understand, for example? Is, does it sound good to you? Yes, maybe not to others. You can ask others. You can say, is the sound quality okay? And they will give you feedback, maybe not the first time, but they will give you feedback maybe the, the next time. And um, this awareness, this openness um, is, is important. And mm -hmm. you have to, what you can also do is because as you just said, you're tired of explaining. But if you create an atmosphere where everyone feels safe and um, happy, maybe not happy, but really feel safe to speak up and say, listen, what you just said hurt me. And 
that's a very, very, very big step forward. And I think that would help a lot of more than, than any guidelines, guidelines we can give, any agreements, social, uh, collective agreements we can, uh, we can sign. It's the best step, the, the largest step we can, you can, as a person can create is be open, be ready to learn and be sensitive and yeah, be, be open to feedback. That's, yeah. And then, then we, we, are, we are quite a step further, I think. That's interesting. Simply be open to feedback. I think it comes down to that to be okay to be told that, hey, you said something that hurts somebody and to be okay that, yeah, okay. It is their right to hurt. hurt. Yeah, it's hard. I think, I think it's, it's, very, it's very hard to uh, receive the feedback, hey, what you just said hurt me as a colored person, for example. Then as a German, it's like, did you just call me a racist? And then you're immediately turning and, Defensive, you know, yeah. turning the, yeah, getting into the defense and turning the argument. But it's really important to, to listen to each other's needs and, and feelings. And, and if someone is hurt, then it doesn't mean that you're a mean and bad person, that it can happen that you accidentally um, say these things. And, um, and of course, I myself, I grew up. In, in an environment in the 80s that was very innocent of um, these uh, of discriminating language. When I was little, there was still the song of the 10 little, I'm not saying the N-word now. So it's, it's, and as a child, that was not even a bad word for me. And now yeah. I understand that it's hurtful to colored people and I'm not using it. And it's just, you know, it's not a matter of fault. It's a matter of taking responsibility for your actions in the future. And once you understand, okay, it's hurtful, so I'm not using it again in the future. It doesn't mean I was a bad person in the past. Mm -hmm. So maybe that helps people being open to, to feedback um, that contains, um, yeah, that, that actually shaking your beliefs, which it mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Sandra, for taking the time of your day to um, speak with me. So we will wrap it up today. <laughs> it's really been very <laughs> inspiring and I learned a lot from you and I hope we inspired other people today. Thank you. Thank you. I learned a lot from you too. And uh, it was a great chat. So that's all, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in to DTSE Talks and joining me today along with my guests. All in all, belonging is not only a fundamental human need, but also a necessity for any business nowadays to unlock long-term success. We need to include as many views, ideas, opinions as possible in order to survive as a company as well as individuals. Simple actions like active listening go a long way in creating understanding of our differences and help us stay open to learn and accept others. And you, what are some examples of your everyday life of belonging and inclusion? Share with us your thoughts and let's meet again on our next episode. Stay tuned. Make sure to go to talks.tse.group, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a feedback. Bye.